This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time to raise your game. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. Uh, Andrew Chow from Idea Mart is back. Good to have you back, Andrew. Yes, and very, very nice to be on your show. Very and nice. You've, you've got a new book. That's right. My new book is called Social Media 247. Which is also our series. And yes. uh, very interesting because, you know, of course, uh, we're going to cover uh, different aspects of, of the book. And uh, you're starting off uh, this series working with social brand ambassadors. Now, um, before we get into mm. who are the social brand ambassadors, why did you want to start with this topic uh, for the series? Interesting question. I, first of all, whenever we talk about social media in in and in a lot of people's mind, in a lot of companies' mind, they forgot about the word social, and they jump straight to media. They want to know what is the latest technology, whether Facebook is good for us, whether LinkedIn is good for us, but they forgot about the social aspect. So, they are actually thinking media social. Okay. In fact, we should be doing social media now. The minute when you learn how to be social. You were, you got half the game won. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are very professional on the media. We are so professional, we are boring. <laughs> to be successful on social media, you've got to be relaxed. You have to humanize your brand, mm-hmm. especially if you're a company. And humanizing the brand is the crux of the matter. That is why a lot of brands today, they employ third party, mm-hmm. real people, famous social media celebrity to talk on their behalf, right. to sing praises for them. Of course, with other agendas, uh, that's a topic for another day. Uh, uh-huh. But of course, social media ambassador really serve a purpose of linking the brand with the fans together. Mm. So do not think company, think collaboration. Okay. Do not think campaign, but think content. So it's a lot of humanizing and a lot of talking. And that is why social media really center around people. And that is why I like to start off this series with social brand ambassador. Okay. Yeah, which is, uh, which is, Misconceived as something that only MNC can do, but okay. SME can do as well. All right, but before that, also, so mm. what inspired you to to write this book? Um, to be honest with you, I belong to the Gen X, so I'm already in my mid forties, and you'll never expect uh, someone in the mid forties to write such a book. Over the last three to four years, I have done a lot of different training, speaking, researching, talking to people, interviewing, doing my own survey. Um, I come up with my own version of social media the asian version the asian version needs to know how to share Mm -hmm. needs to know how to share in a way that it is authentic it's a third party it's not you so and i feel that people is the key Mm -hmm. so today i'm going to talk about people people that you can recruit as part of your company not your staff to speak on your behalf so, Social Media 247 is a collection of a lot of articles I've written uh, for the last few years. I fine-tune it, I compile it, I prioritize it into a, into a readable book, not from uh, cover to cover. Mm-hmm. But if you are uh, entry level, you probably want to know the first section. If you're a CEO, you probably want to know the what. Mm-hmm. If you're a media manager, you want to know the how. Right. So, there's a section for you. Okay. Now, so who are social brand ambassadors? In the past, ambassadors are actually staff of the company. They are paid to speak a certain language, to deliver a certain messages. Yeah. Today, social media brand ambassadors really are anyone. It can be a singer, can be a magician, can be insurance agent, can be doctor. 
as long as you are interesting on social media, you have a big follower. Now, when I say a big follower, it means this. Facebook probably you have a fan page, at least five to 10,000 fans. Your Facebook account probably have maxed out to 5,000 okay. friends. You should have a Twitter account, at least 10,000 followers, mentioned over 300 different places. Uh-huh. You should also have a blog, say about 500 subscribers. So it basically means your social media assets, which, right. is the, okay. which is the size of a network, it's your worth. Because when you say something, a lot of people know what you're saying. Because they follow you, because they love you. When you say some, when you say A is good, I think I strongly recommend it. You know how many people will this person influence? That's why social media ambassador or social brand ambassador are often called influencer. Okay. Now, why do brands need brand ambassadors? First of all, um, you need to humanize the voice. I think uh, brands today needs to be authentic online. A lot of brands are very good in advertising in exhibition, in direct sales, in promotion. But I think the online presence, it's a different ball game. Um, you need people who, who, who share user experience, who tell you uh, where are the blind spots. And you also need, uh, I hope uh, not every company will come to this situation. Now, if you are facing a crisis, a media crisis, a company shouldn't be the first one to speak up if you're undergoing a crisis, mm. whatever it, it should be, the first line of defense should be your brand ambassador. Your brand ambassador, brand ambassador come to your rescue and say, hey, look, we can all uh, testify that this is not true, we have used it, and we have no problem. So if you become more authoritative if you have a line of people that can speak for you when you're under fire. And, and sometimes, it's very miserable when you are undergoing a crisis, the whole world is against you. Mm. So that is something I think a company needs because the voices must come from outside the company, though the message is the same inside or outside. Do all brands need uh, brand ambassadors? Um, only if you are a B2C company. If you are a B2B company, uh, there's almost no need to be brand ambassador. B2B company, the brand ambassador is actually the CEO himself mm-hmm. because the CEO is a personal brand he sells. A B2C like FMCG, retail, uh, lifestyle product, you all need a brand ambassador. Uh, telco, uh, phone maker. And it, it's, it's, it's very interesting because uh, it has to do with usage. It has to do with lifestyle. It has to be sexy. And um, the one thing is that um, how much of a brand being innovative also depends on the level of interaction between they and the influencer or the social brand ambassador. These ambassadors use the product so often, they are always the one that will show you the blind spots. Okay. Are there examples of uh, social brand ambassadors right now? I'm trying to picture uh, maybe it's even a company in Singapore where you're from. Um, social media brand investors today uh, in Singapore, uh, like for example, the spas, mm-hmm. you will find that, uh, uh, you know, the spa industry, you, you, will, you will find that uh, the top 10 most famous fashion or lifestyle bloggers, usually ladies, they're often the brand investor. I see. All right. So if you are a guy and you're a blogger and you have quite a good, nice body, uh-huh. you'll probably be a brand investor for some male spa or some male slimming center. So, because it, because and these people they blog about their life. They take picture of themselves over over like four months to show that there's a difference using these kind of services. So it's a living testimony. Mm. It's an own advertising. Okay. And it's more authentic. 
Right. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Right. And who should be your brand ambassadors and how they're recruited? We'll ask Andrew Chow from Idea Mart that in just a moment. Race Again, BFM 89.9. Good morning. It's uh, Race Again. This is Frida Liu. Andrew Chow from Idea Mart here with me uh, discussing his book, Social Media 247, and also a series that we started around this. And uh, today is working with social brand ambassadors. And uh, he was explaining why brands need brand ambassadors because I guess at the end of the day, uh, other people can, if they can speak well of you is is more credible than you saying how wonderful you are. That's right, because on social media, a lot of us are very mindful about our friends' opinion. Mm. If you want to buy something new, you ask around your friends. If four out of five say yeah, it's good, buy it. You are likely to buy it, <laughs> right? So we all are very mindful about what people say. Of course, there are still people who four out of five of their friends say don't buy, they still buy, <laughs> you know. But majority, when they like and recommend, that is the best endorsement. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, who should be your brand ambassadors? And we were saying that B two C you should have, but B two B obviously the CEO should yes. be. But so, who should be your brand ambassadors? Um, this is a question depending on the brand itself. Now, uh, I can quote one example that I've seen in the last two years. There was this phone maker, L something. <laughs> um, two years ago when they launched the phone, they hardly advertised. They select seven social media ambassador. Actually, celebrity. Uh-huh. They select them uh, quietly. They recruit them. They bring them to the office, close the door, explain to them everything about the product, give them all lots of phones, uh-huh. uh, and encourage them to f- to create each one story, one per week for seven weeks. Right. And the best story in that week, uh, whoever is your follower of that uh, of that champion celebrity will get a free phone. So inside that group of seven they are doctors insurance agents and there's even magician hmm. so my friend was a magician <laughs> okay. so my friend is a lady magician so very very nicely sexy yeah. so she performed a magic trick with the phone right. so she opened the magazine with the you know with the phone uh-huh. in, in the, the ad she closed she closed the magazine give it a shake the, the real phone dropped out of the magazine she flipped back to the same page where the ad was the phone was being cut out really yes okay. so that video was viral Okay. Now, let me ask you, uh, did, did, that, did that phone maker company pay my friend? No. Mm. Who gets the glory? Right. Both get the glory. And is my friend proud to be associated with, with that brand? Yes, of course. So both win. Mm. Because the magician gets to do what they do best. Mm. The brand gets a free avenue to talk about their phone. Wow, okay, interesting. Uh, so in this case, how do you think, maybe just elaborating on this example, how are they recruited? Because you're saying there are doctors and magicians, yes. and how right. are they selected? They are actually very active in real life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when you have a magician and you're the first uh, lady magician, and you can do a lot of tricks that male counterpart can't do, you'll always be on the radar. Mm. So if you're already famous, that is already your assets. People will follow you. So uh, what... Whatever specialty you have, whatever achievement you have, and you think that you make a good brand ambassador, put them all out on social media. Someone will find you. Somebody will find you. Hmm. And okay. Yeah. And I guess in this case, like for this phone, they're also appealing to different audiences, the professionals, Correct. hence the doctor. Correct. So that Correct. will appeal to yeah. that target that market. That phone appeared to a lot of ladies who wants to be chic, who wants to be uh, sexy. Mm-hmm. You know. So so that is that. But of course, brand learn from each other. Now, one year later, another brand, okay. M something, learn right. from this guy, L something. And what they did was this. They improved on it. 
they improve on the selection process. So why close door, they say? Make it open. So before they even let the whole world know what the brand ambassador of their own brand is supposed to do, they create an audition. It's like a... It's like a uh, American Top Idol. Yeah, American Top Idol. So everybody submit a one-minute video of yourself. Tell me uh, why you should be the hmm. brand ambassador. So everybody submit. And everybody is so proud. Those who are selected, selected only, uh, they are so happy they cry. Those who are not selected <laughs> also cry. But they don't know what they're supposed to do. They are just so proud to be to be selected. So it's like the hype before the hype. So they select this group of people before they even do anything. The brand is already much talked about, right? right. In the so it's just a simple thing about being social. Okay. That works. Because everybody is proud to be associated with a big brand. Right. Okay. And a uh, big brand or small brand. And the one is, one. I think one of the things also sometimes... Um, we are the worst publicists for ourselves. Like just for example, in BFM, what would, who would be a great social brand ambassador? You know, what sort of context, what sort of background? Someone who is always interested in current affairs, someone who's always interested in getting better. You, you can select, because you have programmed a race or game who appeals to entrepreneurs, who, who appeals to PMETs. So select different groups, maybe mm-hmm. the top five, mm-hmm. um, um, invite them, ex- maybe bring them here for open house, tell them, uh, uh, um, your your social plan and invite them to be involved and if they like to be involved good then for a start and this is something that I will not say openly but I will do it here for a start anyone will start with a script before they get creative before they are in the groove so everything is just a fire starter barbecue you need fire starter mm. to start to burn the coal right but after the fire starter nobody remember the fire starter so the trick here is this Select different target audience, mm-hmm. the best of them, give them a script mm. as if they are one of your staff and then they will feel proud that they are representing BFM. They can talk about BFM, how much it affects their lifestyle positively, mm-hmm. how much they appreciate the podcast, how much they appreciate the authenticity in sharing. Now that is all important because these are things that you want your audience to know but you can't always repeat it on air. Right. You want and you want it to be authentic and truthful. That's right. You want people to really, really share from their heart. So now all this sharing can be put back onto the web and then ask people to vote. It can be ideas. See, crowdsourcing is another way of raising brand investor. You should let the whole world tell you ideas on how to improve your program. Even though you know your work best, you know your job best, still good to let to let them contribute ideas. It's just like Starbucks. Right. Starbucks invite the whole world to tell them how to improve the coffee. Mm. Sounds silly, right? They are already so long in the business. But because of that, they attracted a lot of people contributing a lot of silly ideas. And you make it fun. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, how do companies know when they need brand ambassadors? Now, first of all, if you are new in the market, probably your area, your target is very small. You will probably need people to speak for you. That, so that is number one. If you are new in the market and you want to make an impact very, very fast, you should use brand ambassadors. Uh, the second thing is that if you have very strong differentiation, very, very strong, you, are, you, you think you're so different from the peers, your, your product is five up, not only one up. Hmm. You need brand investors. You need five up brand investors. You need very prominent people to speak for you authentically. Now, this is different from advertising where they usually recruit celebrities to come and, and sign a contract for right. two years, appear on every ad. No, a social media brand ambassador talks about your brand in different contents. He creates his own content out of your product. 
So you have no control over what he's going to say. And now that is going to be an exciting thing. Because <laughs> after a while, there's no more script. It's up to his experience. And that is what we want to hear. Hmm. So after a while, the brand ambassador has a lot of say in the direction of the brand itself in terms of user engagement. All right. Yes. And uh, of course, uh, thanks for sharing and working with a social brand ambassadors, a whole new marketing strategy, yes. uh, so to speak. And uh, Andrew Cha from Idea Mart in our social media uh, 247 series. Next week, how do you handle positive, neutral, and negative comments on uh, social media? So make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, traffic up next uh, with John Ballycorn, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is a download from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. It's Racy Game. This is Frida Liu and uh, Andrew Cha from Idea Mart is here again. And uh, we're discussing his new book, Social Media 24-7, which is also a series. And today is already part two. And today will be how to manage positive, neutral and negative comments on social media. And uh, last week we covered about uh, working with social brand ambassadors. But maybe just a quick recap for our discussion last week. Yes, last week we talked about who are social brand ambassadors. How do you identify them? How do you recruit them and decide when do you know who to use at what stage of your product life cycle? Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. Today, brands are no longer talking about themselves. They are recruiting people to talk about them so that they can connect with their fans. Mm, all right. Okay. So let's uh, discuss this week now, managing uh, positive, neutral and negative comments. Of course, everyone wants to know about yes. the negative. Uh, that's right. That's right? right. But basically, uh, how do you create meaningful conversation in social media for brands anyway? Okay. I think first and foremost, before we even talk about conversation, I always say content is king, conversation is queen. So you need to have good content. But the minute when you have content, you definitely invite a lot of conversational comments. Some of them we call it noises, some of them we call it uh, value. But whatever it is, any comments will be valuable. And a lot of companies are very shy to get onto social media because they do not know how to handle comments. Mm. Actually, it's not only negative comments. Whether it's positive, mm. neutral, or negative, you still have to handle it. So the trick is really to treat it like a conversation. Mm. So there are a few types of comments, and we're going to go into maybe positive ones first. Right. The positive ones, people say it's easy. We just say thank you very much, and that's it. Not true. Huh. When you have good comments, you've got to amplify it. So it's just to amplify it. When someone says, well done, I really enjoy that, you know, and you guys are the best. Now, comments like this, you need to compile them. And if your comments is found on Facebook, you've got to share it on your Twitter, write it on your blog, translate it to your newsletter, huh. and encourage the staff so that the rest of the staff who is not on the social media platform in the company are aware that, hey, look, positive comments are coming in. We should be encouraged. See, a lot of times we keep quiet and mm. we should let people know about it. But the in thing here is this, you should blow your own trumpet through your social brand ambassador like what we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. So positive comments, it's a must. Now, some comments you may want to compile them, convert it to meaningful statistics 
report it to your top management because right. they see big picture. They don't want to look at individual comments. Individual comments are best collected for training of your customer service staff at the ground level. So even for positive comments, you need to do a lot of things internally to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Ah, you know, I'm just wondering. Also, sometimes is it an Asian thing or a global thing? You know, I uh, don't. Let's not blow our own trumpet. You know, thank you enough. You know yes. what I mean? Frida, actually, you have. <laughs> touch on a very, very salient point. The reason I think why in Asia, social media is not picking up much because sharing is not an Asia culture. Okay. We know how to sell, but we hardly know how to share. <laughs> now, the West is different. The West is right. very different. True. The more they share, the more elevated that they feel. The more they teach you, the better they feel. But not with the Asians. Uh-huh. We know how to sell. We only share 20%. The West share 80% and only sell you 20%, but they charge you a full price because they have shared 80%. They share so much until you don't mind paying for the rest of the 20%. But in Asia, it's different. Now, for example, you go to LinkedIn, you post a question under a relevant topic. Within 24 hours, many experts all over the world will be helping you. I rarely find Asians. Don't talk about Chinese. (laughs) Seriously speaking, I'm a Chinese, but I find that a lot of people stepping forward are the Westerners. I'm going to tease you. Is it a Singaporean Chinese? <laughs> uh, well, I think whether it's a Singapore Chinese or Malaysian Chinese or Asia Chinese, we are all very shy. Now, the okay. thing is that we need to craft our message in such a way that we are sharing and not selling. Mm-hmm. That is the crux of the matter. Okay, very interesting. So, okay, now that's... that's uh, that is positive comment. That's positive comments. Now, neutral comments mm-hmm. are actually a bit more tricky. Neutral comments really, sometimes you don't know whether this person is for you, against you. He just put a comment. I always encourage my client when they look at comments like this is to find out whether they are your fans. Do you know him? If you do not know him and he's a prospect, he's a borderline case, convert him into a prospect. Right. Convert him into a fan. Keep on engaging him in a positive way. Do not antagonize him. Interestingly, next week we'll talk about personality, but that's a topic for another day. Mm-hmm. Now, for neutral comments, you've got to make sure that someone is following up. Right. So, he may be uh, he may be on the fence, he may be undecided. So, when you see someone undecided, you've got to convert them to your fence. Always draw people to your side. Hmm. And I guess it's like conversation when someone says something very neutral and you just want to know more about that person, what the it's person's right. thinking about right. and yeah. being interested. Yes. Um, at least when you ask questions. Now, some people find it very, very impatient when people ask too many questions. Why can't you just read my website and so on? Now, the thing is, is when people are interested, they ask you many, many questions, even though the answers can be very obvious everywhere, right? But they still ask you because they just want to know. And the more they ask, the more others will know because a lot of times we do not know the answers and we all shy to ask. When we see someone interested to ask, we all wait for the answers. Yes. Right? Oh, thank God this person asked a question. I always want to know. <laughs> right? But I'm shy to ask. Right? So we are shy to share. We are shy to ask. Somebody ask, somebody share. We all wait for the answers. So even when it's neutral comments, mm-hmm. that is a time for you to sell. Shy because to share, shy to ask. Shy to ask. So that is why share, the word sharing on social media is invented by the West. So right. we find it very foreign. Right. We only know how to sell. Now, here's the thing. When you answer the whole world comes to ah the aha moment oh now I know how to tell my friends about you Uh so when it's a neutral comment that's the best way to carry on a conversation talking about yourself 
Okay. Yes. All right. And of course, everybody's dying to, to know, know about the negative, negative comments. comments, and we'll discuss that in just a moment. Sure. Andrew Cha from Idea Mart here with me in Racing Game BFM 89.9. Good morning, this is Frida Liu and it's a racing game. I'm here with Andrew Chow from Idea Ma. We're discussing his new book, uh, Social Media 24-7. Uh, we're also developing a series around this. And last week was uh, working with social brand ambassadors. This week is how to manage uh, positive, neutral and negative comments. And early on, uh, of course, you shared with us about what to do when you get positive comments, what to do when you get neutral, neutral comments, comment. which is really great. You know, I guess people never delve deep into this and neutral can be positive down the road if we engage with them. And uh, you also shared some things about how Asians are uh, shy to share and shy, shy to, to ask. ask. Okay, right. very so, interesting. Yes, very, very interesting. Now, before I dwell on how to handle or manage negative comments, where I'm getting is actually to encourage companies out there to draw out what I call a response strategy map. That means it's like a flow chart. If a comment is neutral, what do you do? Positive, what do you do? Negative, what do you do? It's set off a chain of actions and reaction. Mm -hmm. So for negative comments, first thing you need to ask, is it one of us? Is it our fans who post a negative comments? If it is our fans, good. Then ask yourself, what complaint usually they are complaints? So you got to check, what is the level of service is this person complaining about? Is it product? Is it customer service? Is it delivery? Is ah. it quality? That means every department need to have one or two representatives to be managing that platform, be it Facebook fan page or Twitter account or your blog. Because everyone will post something regarding some aspect of the company and not every one of us are expert in everything you need the whole team to be in the social media space to monitor what is going on so the minute when you see that oh this is a keyword that is related to my department i must act on it so it exposes the company sop the standard operating procedure right if the company is quick to respond it shows on social media uh -huh. if the company is slow it also shows so mm. social media exposed a company's culture Mm. not enhanced it. It means if you lack of internal communication, the minute you get on social media, all your weaknesses are exposed. True. All right. So you got to draw out the response strategy map to make sure that your house is in order. Whenever a comment comes, you know how to handle it. So back to this topic about fans. If it's a complaint, if it's valid, act on it. Now, what happens if it is not your fans? You got to ask yourself, is the complaint or is the comment valid? If it's valid, still investigate but if it's not valid then you can do one of these two things number one is to delete mm. uh, then you can delete because it's not your fans it is not valid you can delete number two you can ignore it so a lot of people say can i delete comments can i ignore comments you can if you have asked yourself these two or three questions that you go down the line is this one of us has he got a right to say this has he bought something no is his complaint valid not valid if it's just defamatory we just ignore it hmm. so that is a standard procedure so if you draw out all these responses it's like a decision tree right once you have that in place mounted on the wall and whoever has many your customer service facebook wall facebook page twitter account a linkedin group they know what to do even when the boss is not around they know what to do because you have a map to follow so it's very easy to manage comments. You just have to have a structure. Mm. So if you do not pay high emphasis on customer service, you go on social media, you may make a big mess out of it because you will respond as it went the way you feel like it on that day. Yeah. So another thing I want to say is managing social media comments requires a lot of EQ. Mm. <laughs> mm. Some of them are personal, but be personable. Don't get personal. 
Okay. <laughs> be personable, no, don't, don't get, get personal. personal. And I think also at the same time, you have to uh, be, be neutral in that sense, yes, you know, right. as much as possible. Yes. Uh, just, just an example of some of the things that actually happen. Sometimes we get comments on Facebook as mm. well. Mm. You know, and, and the thing is, we don't do much with the positive comments. That's we say right. thank you. That's right. We say thank you very much. Right. And with the negative comments, we do ask and find out a little bit more why it is. You know, sometimes people, obviously, you're on, on radio, you're on, you know, you're in public view. That's so right. you're going to get these comments. And sometimes when we say, please explain or how can we improve and they can't answer, then there's really yes. nothing much we can do. That's right. I like to add on managing negative comments. Sometimes it's not good to engage in overly elaborated discussion, especially heated discussion mm. on social media. Take it offline. So if you smell a bomb or a fire coming your way, contact the person and ask to chat offline. I'll give you an example. Uh, there was this charity back from where I come from. There was a complaint and the charity openly invited this person down for coffee mm-hmm. so that this person can explain his position. So they do an open invitation on Facebook page. One week, he didn't show up. Uh-huh. So the charity make a reminder. Another week, he didn't show up. And you know what the charity did after two weeks? Despite repeated reminder and invitation, Mr. So-and-so has not come to our office for tea to explain his position. We now consider the matter closed. Ah. So there is a closure when people don't respond to your terms, your offer of goodwill. Mm. So it's like PR, it's like basic customer service. Yeah. You only need to know how to transpose it to social media and you'll be fine. Mm, okay, and I guess right with all this in place now, mm. what is a posting schedule and how does this help to manage uh, comments? Okay, a posting schedule is actually what I saw in BFM page as well. Because, oh, really? Yes. So it's like one hour before the actual program, there'll be a Twitter that links to the Facebook page out to remind people, okay, catch Angel Child at 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. right? At 10 o'clock, this message will come out. Now, all these are being scheduled. I think you guys use Hootsuite, which is a very good scheduling system where you just schedule all your messages. All right? You can schedule days in advance. You can monitor, you can track, you can even assign different members or, uh, to manage the whole thing. So scheduling makes the fans keep on engaging you at regular interval. Mm. The comments are really ad hoc, really. Mm. You don't speak ad hocly as a page owner. You post regularly and you elicit response. And usually response are comes in comments, questions, accusations sometimes, complaints. But that's life, right? Yeah. In real life, you, when you go for lunch, left side is rumor, right side will be gossip. <laughs> so it's the same thing, right? So eight out of 10. And actually, I just want to encourage everyone who are thinking about going to social media is that people talk about you negatively most of the time. The fact that they post something on your wall means they still want a relationship with you. They right. want a relationship. It's, like, <laughs> it's like a marriage, you know, when they still quarrel, it's good. When there's no more talking, it's finished. Sounds like cancer to me, though. <laughs> no, but the thing is, okay, fine. You know, just just a question about posting schedule. Yes, okay, it makes sense with a radio station like ours where we have interviews mm-hmm. regularly. But you know, some industries do you need to post so many things? Okay, the key word is to be regular. If you want to post once in three days, once in five days, no problem. Just do it. Some industry have very little content. You, it is just a matter of posting once a week. But your content has to be user content. Mm. It has to be interesting. It cannot be information that I can easily find on your brochure, on your website. It's really different. You've got to make it interesting. Mm. How to make it interesting? How to make people talk about you, gossip about you, uh, spread rumors about you positively? <laughs> that is the trick. 
I think one of the, some of the sites that I go to actually that I like, um, it really has nothing deep in that sense. But cartoons come out every few days. Yes. Right. That's related to the particular product, and I just enjoy having good yes. laugh with it and right. I share it. Cartoons, infographics today are the two most important visuals that you need because of the presence and emergence of Pinterest, right. where people pin nice graphics every day. Hmm. So if you convert your content into cartoons, into motivation poster, into infographics, people find that, hey, I like to keep this. This is really cool. This sounds like another topic all on its own. That's right. All right. So how to create visual content is another story. <laughs> another series. It's another series. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and uh, next week, of course, uh, Andrew Chow will be back uh, for around talking about his book and also the series Social Media 24-7. Andrew Chow from Idea Mart. And next week, you know, we talk about all these uh, people. How do we identify the nine different personalities associated with these comments? It's Racing Game, BFM 89.9. And tomorrow's Race Your Game, uh, Tadius Lawrence from Runaway Success Learning Practice returns for the seven principles of peak performance series. And we're on to number six, participation, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is a download from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's Race Your Game. This is Frida Liu. Good morning. And Andrew Chow, Idea Mart, uh, with our social media 24-7 series uh, based on his new book. It's already today. It's uh, session three. Uh, the first week, we discussed working with social brand ambassadors. And last week, how to manage positive, neutral and negative comments. This week, how to identify the nine different personalities in social media. And of course, from there, with the positive, neutral and negative comments, you can sort of smell yes. uh, these personalities but anyway maybe we can start off with where did this nine personalities come from Andrew? Okay when I first expound this topic about identifying personalities on social media it's inspired by the teaching of Enneagram as I shared before Mm -hmm. about a year ago that Enneagram is really nine types of personality it is a symbol to identify people it was a system to study the weather but 100 years ago somebody adopted it to study personality and it's amazingly accurate right so the thing you need to remember is that all of us are born with a type so if you've heard things like you're not my type i'm not your type this type really exists now we all have a core of course we are all unique we are a bit of everything but when we are under stress, duress, mm-hmm. we go back and park ourselves at the original type. I see. Um, so for myself, I have a type. So I know that no matter how, I won't change. And here's the thing. No matter how you won't change, you can see that there's always a pattern recurring. From the things you say, you share, you think you do, it reflects who you are. So personality is going deeper than behavior and going deeper than online behavior. But from the online behavior, you can deduce the uh-huh. personality. Okay, so now you can smell it. When you see a comment, you can already That's tell. That's right. So, for example, let me share to you the first personality. Okay. What I always like to call a perfectionist. All right. These are the people that always tells you, you are wrong. <laughs> that is not right to say. And when you make a grammar error, they are the first one who come and correct you. All right? And when they speak, they speak in complete sentences, uh, really good English. Okay. So you know that this guy is clean and proper 
Alright, he don't any outpost and he's very mindful about errors, about mistakes. He can't stand it. Okay. So he can't stand what is not right. So when you talk to a customer online whom you feel is a perfectionist, you got to have all your basics and principles uh, line up in front of you mm. and explain to him this is how you derive, this is why you do certain things. Step one, step two. Yes, step two. one, step two. They have very good principles, so they have a lot of a strong sense of right or wrong. Mm-hmm. So they are always unhappy. Usually, because you seldom see a smiling perfectionist, right? Uh, in real life. So, you'll find that the language may be a bit dark. Okay. But they actually don't mean anything personal. Uh-huh. They just want to know what's wrong. Okay. Tell me what's wrong and I tell you what it should be done. Okay. So, accept his advice because he's a perfectionist. He feels like if he's in your shoe, he will do this. You just say, yes, I will consider it and I'll get back to you now. This is what the profession like to hear. Ah. You adopt his suggestion. Right. Right. Okay. So, but you can't tell him it is a company policy. Then he will say, you are inflexible. You should actually ah. look into it. So from his posting, he will never post anything that, that will undermine his image. Okay. So when he look at your sharing, your advertisement as a brand, he, he will tell you, I think this is not right for your brand. This is not the right image. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. A lot of should be. Mm. A lot should be But just take it It's fun Perfectionist It's very exciting to work with <laughs> Only if you know Which button to press And then of course Before you reply Just make sure you do a spell check yes. In your response yes, right. So there'll be no grammatical Correct. errors And you have to get your facts right Because they have a lot of facts about you <laughs> More than you know So you have to have all your facts correct And say this is correct So that's how you handle perfectionist Okay Now I like to talk about the second one, which is what I call a giver or helper. These mm-hmm. are the people that when you need help, they're always the first one. Mm-hmm. You post a question, and you always find the same person tell you the answers almost instantly. These are the ones that they just can't help you, but to just help you. And these are very good fans to have because they are helpers. They are very people-oriented. They will help you and any question that comes out, they will be the first one to answer. They could be your social brand ambassador. That's right. They are They are natural brand ambassadors. They always feel bad if they can't help you. And these are the best people. I always joke, in real life, offline, these are the best people to borrow money from because... <laughs> Because they just can't say no to you, you know. They, they have biggest problem. Uh, are you free Saturday, Sunday to do uh, something for us? Mm, I guess so. I think okay lah, okay lah. You know? A helper really are very focused. Now, if I call out a name now, you will know what a helper is like. Mother mm. Teresa. Mm. The whole life, her self esteem is on helping others. He feel very good giving. So he has trouble receiving. So sometimes it will praise him openly. He has problem receiving that right. praise because he's not a natural taker. So he's a giver. Uh, these are the best second man. These are the best helper in your events. These are the best recruiter for social brand ambassadors. So they may not be strong enough to be a brand ambassador, but they know who to get help from. They're definitely fans. They're definitely fans. They may be a bit passive, but they know they are because they're so connected. So if they don't like your brand, they just won't participate. They won't talk anything. They won't talk bad about you. They will just be a bystander. Mm, okay. Yeah. So it's very, very interesting. Now, I like to talk about three. With three, it's actually who I am. A three is a performer. Ah. Now, now let, me, let me share it to you. If you look at this person who is a three, what I call performer's Facebook, you will find that he has all the best pictures. If he's a guy, he's always be in suit, shaking hands with a member of parliament, shaking hands, <laughs> receiving an award, speaking to <laughs> a thousand people, okay, sitting, sitting very dignified. You will never find him <laughs> making funny faces in party. You, know, you will never see him topless. Uh, 
all these <laughs> image are not in line with his value because mm. for him he's very image conscious okay. not that he's fashionable but he's very mindful about what people think about him to him success is everything everything I can do I will do it and I'll do it well mm-hmm. so these are the people that is the best ambassador they they want to show off let them show off they are very successful people and often brand like to be associated to this people for example if it is a sports shoe company they right. will always find sportsmen who are very competitive very successful to be brand ambassador like you saying Bolt he's very showy you know and Puma that's right. Okay. That's right. so they just love the stage when you give them a stage they are so themselves they refuse to leave the stage because these are people that always don't leave the limelight. <laughs> so in Hollywood, we see a lot of this. Okay, they're you all know. in LA. Yeah, no, they may say they get off screen for a while, but they always come back. Oh. They always come back because they <laughs> can't bear to leave success. So what is what are they like on social media? They always show off their achievement. Uh-huh. Uh, their Facebook has nothing personal because one thing about performers is that they don't share very much about personal life. They share a lot about work life. So anytime when they have some work achievement, they will brag about it. Mm-hmm. So it's good that sometimes when you work something with them, you make them feel that it is their success. So they will talk a lot about you. Ah. So that is how you work with a type three. I see. Okay. Because they like the glam. So when you have awards, you must invite them and they will definitely tag you. All right. <laughs> Six more to go. We'll discuss it with Andrew Chow from Idea Mart in just a moment right here on Race Game BFM 89.9. Good morning. This is Race Game. In case you've just joined us, Andrew Chow from Idea Mart. We're discussing his book, A Social Media 24-7. And of course, uh, it's a series around that as well. And uh, of course, this is week three. And we've been discussing the last few weeks working mm. with social brand ambassadors, mm. how to manage positive, neutral and negative comments. And this week how to identify nine different personalities in social media so early on we talked about the perfectionist the giver and the performer so mm. six more to go what's the fourth Andrew the fourth one is what I call individualist not individualistic but they are individualists they are also a creative person they are also a romantic person mm. now these people are the most creative but they are the most what I call unique and special sometimes when they share certain things no one understands <laughs> but I call them eccentric but anyway yeah, yes eccentric is the word associated to type 4 <laughs> but they are so special they can't explain to you why they say this why they felt this but they are usually right for example like Michael Jackson uh-huh. right nobody in the right mind will wear black with white socks and dance like this <laughs> but when he do it the whole world is so mensporized by him right so he may look at it, I think he may create a poster that is totally abstract, but when you look at it long enough, it makes sense. Some of the things that he share may be so insightful, it takes you some days to actually decipher what he's trying to say. But he just look at the world very differently. He look at friendship differently. He look at your brand differently. He can tell you something that you have never, never even thought of. Mm. And that is a creative person. Right. Okay, usually, socially, they are always the one doing design. Mm-hmm. Usually the one creative director. So their talents are being shown forth in a specific talent, but it's their mind you need to fall in love with because they think so special. Mm. And if you look at Steve Jobs, he's a four. He thinks so far ahead. He even created a product that nobody thinks they will need, like iPad, right? The world never think they need an iPad until <laughs> iPad comes along. Right? And then, yeah, it's a good idea to have it. So that is the thing. Sometimes they give you ideas. You must take this idea and you must run with it sometimes. Mm. So you rarely find this. This is the most rare people I can find on social media. Right. Yeah. So, but when you see it, better catch him. 
Okay, so a person might have an idea, then yes. you're thinking, yes. this is ridiculous, but then you have yes. to have a second yeah. look at it. But usually they are very, very emotional. Uh-huh. Very, very emotional. They, are, they, they have highs and they have okay. highs and lows. Okay. If you reject them, they disappear for days. You don't hear from them. Sometimes they emerge. Right. So, so you'll find these people on Facebook and Twitter. Now, go on quickly to five. Mm-hmm. It's what I call observer. These are the people, the most intellectual. They ask the most question. They keep on asking you question, but they never make a decision. <laughs> they just ask because they just want to find out more. To them, it's like, I don't know enough. I need to ask you more. But everything is processed in the mind. They don't tell you. They are most mysterious, but actually most innovative. If I were to describe these nine guys, right? Let's say I have nine, nine, nine of these guys go on an expedition. They were trekking and they come to a river, fast flowing river. The type one, which is a perfectionist, will tell you what's the right way to cross the river. Uh-huh. Only one way. <laughs> The type 2, the giver, will be helping everyone to cross the river. Oh. Okay. The type 3, when he crossed the river, he wants everybody to look at him. Okay. A type 4 will think about the most creative way to cross the river. You never thought of it. A type 5 will observe what everybody else is doing, but and you won't cross the river. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so it's very interesting. When you look at real life, there are people who keep asking you questions, but they never do anything. But it's good because they are taught leaders. They mm-hmm. ask people get inspired. So, you look at people like Bill Gates. Uh-huh. He's a five. He is always observing, thinking, very innovative, okay? But when he develops in early days, he really, really develops. Mm. So, a five asks all the questions. A five even asks people, why do you say that? How can you prove that? You know, sometimes it's frustrating when you're taught that it's finished, you have the last word, he comes up with another question. <laughs> okay? But it's good. Because the conversation keeps on going. All right. Okay. So the conversation keeps on going. going. Sometimes you just want to end it, but then it does yeah. get you thinking. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. That's the observer. If you had time, we go on to six. Yes. Okay. A six is what I call a loyalist. Six mm-hmm. is six is uh, very complex. Anyone that I cannot profile, I put him under six. Why? <laughs> six it's has a trust issue. That means he can't trust. He can't trust people easily. He can't trust brand easily. He asks questions just to be sure. So they are like a zebra looking for a lion. Okay. <laughs> Do you think a zebra in the right mind will look for a lion? No, right? But a zebra feels safe when they know where is the lion. I see. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the lion is my two o'clock. Okay. Now I better run ten o'clock. Okay. So they need to know where the danger is so that they be more alert. So very risk adverse. Very risk adverse. For a six, if you want to schedule them to buy into your brand, you got to settle his worst case scenario. What is the worst that can happen to him? Oh. Should things don't go his way. Okay. So if you can settle that, you will win it over. So for people who sell insurance to a type six, right? You got to settle the worst case scenario. Shares. Investment. Okay. It's, yeah, it's a, a six is a follower. Once they buy what you're saying, they become very faithful. And I guess the comments you'll see is no. So what happens if this happens? Yeah. So these yeah. are the kind of comments. Yeah. What have. happened to my? You know what's going to happen if? So when someone talk like that, you are very sure that this person is a questioner, is a loyalist, is a type six. Mm. That means he asks because they they cannot chin tie on it. They cannot anyhow. They cannot you say anyhow. Uh, play by the ear. They don't like to hear this. They want to know exactly, exactly. what's going on. Right. So, if you are talking about a tour, uh, free and easy doesn't boil well with them. Uh-huh. They need to know what's going on. They need a lot of rehearsal if possible. <laughs> they need, they have one plan A, thousands of plan B. 
Okay, so it's fun. That's why they ask you many questions. Right. Yeah, it's not because they try to make things difficult. So if you know the personality and if you study using Enneagram, you know how to handle all these people. Conversation is easier. You won't yeah. feel so personal. Yeah, okay. And, and, and when you start looking at these comments, you start thinking, okay, this is a personality because most of us, was, if you have a certain personality and you look at it and you say, oh, so annoying. Yes. And then, you know, yeah. it, you don't see it as an opportunity with all Correct. these different Correct. personalities. We are so judgmental that we say, this person is a troublemaker. Ask us so many questions, mm. but actually it's not mm. because it's good to have different type so that when they ask questions, you also handle different type yeah. because you can be sure the rest of the six are all waiting <laughs> for your answers, right? All yeah. right, okay. Very, very interesting observation. There was one time uh, who someone actually tweeted a lot and commented a lot, and then um, we actually met up with him and we end up hiring him. Mm. And then he said, "Now you know." Yes, <laughs> and so, of course. Yeah. So as I say, the the best is for the person to talk a lot. If they don't talk. Then we won't know. Okay, what's the seventh one? The seventh one is I have a lot of uh, friends who are seven. It's what I call a fun-loving person, oh. adventurous. They are very spontaneous. Mm. They're high energy. They're always running around. They're always in transit. It's like, uh, it's like, have you ever seen people's comments? Like, oh, wow, I can't believe it. You know, I'm so happy today, so happy today. You know, they have a lot of exclamation mark. Oh. They talk a lot, but actually they mean nothing. Yes. You know, they're so hyper, right? They mean nothing. But they can hype you out a little bit. They are the best people for short-term things. So All right. if it's events, you ask them to hype it out, can. Okay. But it's a project, don't ask them because they have problem focusing okay. on longer term right so the best is you ask them to be cheerleader you ask them <laughs> to promote something it's good because they're so adventurous anything new better get them involved they love something new and these people they need choices uh, they, they can't stick to one oh, for too long okay so in real life they're the worst lover actually okay. <laughs> I, this reminds me of my friend actually every time I write a, a note to him and every reply will be how are you great yeah. exclamation mark how are you question exclamation mark yes. and then of course the relationship is about two years yeah. <laughs> yes and actually sometimes you'll find it frustrating it's like are you having a script or something you know what I mean but it, that is just the way they are they don't dwell deeper they spread themselves so, okay. very wide so on, on social media Fantastic, amazing, and then that's it. Yeah, you're the man, cool, you know, fantastic. No okay. one does it better than you. Okay. Now, now, sometimes you need people like like this yeah. just to perk you up yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, true. Yes. We all need these people. Yeah, so, so it's very, very interesting. So this seven, I find is uh, most, most interesting, most popular. All right. Okay, now the next one I want to talk about, you don't want these people in your company because oh. they are the eight, they are the leader. They are what we call a confrontationist. Okay. They love to confront. They love to go against you. They love to think their way. Even if they're the only one thinking about it, they will just bash their way through. All right. Now, how do you earn the respect of an eight mm. who is a leader? Mm. Not to go according to what he wants to do. Actually, eight respect you if you stand up. If you confront back. If you confront because Because he respect you. Wow, this person there to confront you. You see, that's the thing. Okay, that's fine. On a one-on-one mm. -on -one basis, on social media for all to see, you know, how do you then confront respectfully mm. you have to go on the facts right. uh, they don't really care about feelings mm. so if it's, so if the facts are right and you know that you have an upper hand in accuracy go all the way but still be respectful in yeah, sense, yes okay. be respectful thank uh, you for your comment here are, yes, you know? yes. the language principle always always works you know you give it you, you give this person a compliment that's very good but we have something to say lastly this is just my opinion please keep it coming so you keep on engaging an eight. Now an eight, if you win him over, he will bring a lot of people to you. Mm. An eight will also draw a lot of people away from, from you, you because they are so strong. 
if you don't know how to handle yeah. they are the they, person they are someone who can openly say if you don't solve my problem i'm going to go to brand b oh, okay all right oh, these are the person okay, who will actually okay. say this And sometimes with some people the tendency say go lah you yeah, know yeah, right? correct, correct. <laughs> and they will lead people there because they are they are natural leader Hmm. Okay, yeah. number nine, the final one. Number nine, number nine. It's what I call a nice guy, peacemaker. They are always the one that will mediate anything. If it's a heated discussion, they always come and say, "Hey, let's relax and take okay. a step back." You uh, know, uh, everybody yes. is right. Uh, this person A has a point. You have a point. We all have different things to learn from each other. Uh, you know, it, 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 see, these are so nice, right? Yeah. But they almost have no personality. It's <laughs> so nice. Right, they are everybody's friend, and yet nobody wants them. But, they, to but they're great to defuse the situation. Correct. They are very good negotiator. They are very good someone to have in the room or in the page to to call a time out okay. conversationally. Right. Because he will come in the right time to to stop the argument for a while, mm-hmm. just to say something nice, so that the train of negative thoughts are being interrupted, so that bad the bad blood don't continue. Right. So we need these people, and uh, usually these people, it's good to have, but they will never be uh, strong in anything. They are just nice people to have. Okay, yeah. and of course, Andrew Chow from Idea Mart will be back again next week uh, for another interesting insight into personal branding. Personal branding. So anyway, it's been around his book and uh, the series Social Media Twenty Four Seven. Race again, BFM eighty nine point nine. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews. Go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. This is a download from BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. It's Race Your Game. Andrew Chow from Idea Mart uh, here for uh, session four in our social media twenty four seven series. Session four today is how to extend your social influence to add value uh, to your resume. Now, why? Uh, very interesting to extend your social influence. Now, how? Why do we need to network online for career and business? I think we live in an age where. Information is really uh, power, and insights and wisdom draw from the information and connections really give you the cutting edge. So it is said that your network really is a network. So you should know as many people as possible. A lot of people like me, when I receive a name card, I always look for people online. If I can find them on LinkedIn, I will not keep their name card because I can connect. So when they change job, I I can be updated instantly. Mm. Uh, like, have you ever received emails like, uh? Oh, this is my last day at work, yes. and uh, I'm so happy to cross paths with you. I am sure we'll meet again, and uh, you want to contact me? This is my personal email. Now, that is the really the old way of connecting with your existing network uh-huh. because social media you really get connected forever. So another thing is that the best jobs in the world are never advertised; they're always referred. What do I mean by that? There are a lot of companies who give referral fee for staff to recommend friends. Right, so if you have a junior level, mid level, senior level, you get different rates of uh, referral fee upon confirmation. So imagine the more people who knows you, you are likely to be referred. Mm. That means to say, people who apply for jobs advertised by newspaper, these are the jobs that usually nobody went to apply. All right, all right. Or, or so entry level jobs anyway. Entry level jobs, or maybe the jobs really has a lot of. 
unseen criteria that you may not know of. <laughs> All right. So what are those unseen criteria? That's an interesting topic for another day. Last but not least, I think to stay relevant in this world, we need to tap on crowdsourcing. We need to seek everybody's opinion. And that's why we need to network online. Okay. Um, how can you have uh, your, your resume on social media, LinkedIn? The most effective and the best way on a centralized dashboard concept will be your LinkedIn account. Now, a lot of people underestimated the power of LinkedIn. You should write down a list of keywords that's related to what you do, what you have, and why you're so unique. Carefully weave them into your description of yourself ah. so that you get searched. Okay, for example, I myself, I like to be able to search me by social media, by personal branding, by PR. So if someone wants to search for these three together, I'll be on top of the list because I, I have all this. So before you even go, go and write your resume, list down a, a long list of words that associated with you and think like a user. If I want to search for myself, what do I want to look for? Mm. So that's number one. LinkedIn, you should update all your education background. Your Now, don't just put in your job description. That is a very big mistake. Put in your key milestones and your achievement. That is what people are looking for. LinkedIn also allows you to widen your network. So the first thing that you sign up is to look for all your own name cards. Search for everyone. Do the same thing. You can search them. Don't keep the name card. Can't search them. Keep the name card. So that means <laughs> that means the last name card that you keep the best. I mean, the last name card you have, the better it is. Also, LinkedIn allows you for career planning to do marketing, uh, recruitment. I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. not only the headhunter are recruiting, a lot of people are also recruiting. Of course, you get to know what are the best jobs available online advertising-wise. And definitely networking. You know who are your peers. You know how are they doing. And you know who gets promoted. Because every time when someone gets promoted, their status gets updated. Dated, right. Yes. Okay. So that is why LinkedIn is important. Okay. And I guess also, I know that uh, within LinkedIn, people start groups. That's right. Yeah. Uh, gr- groups are very important. Uh, groups is really a kind of inner circle where you get to know people who's who in the industry or who's who in that so-called category. Okay, and uh, what other areas do we need to do uh, to jazz up our resume? Uh, Andrew Cha from Idea Mart will answer that uh, in just a while. Is Racing Game on Enterprise BFM eighty nine point nine? This is Racing Game on Enterprise. Good morning, Frida Liu here. Andrew Cha from Idea Mart. It's a uh, topic four in our Social Media twenty four seven series. Today is how to extend your social influence to add value to your resume. And uh, you know, earlier on, Andrew was saying how uh, LinkedIn is very powerful, uh, not just for uh, recruitment but also to market yourself and uh, very cleverly what weave the words uh, you want people to know you for but uh, what what other areas uh, do we need to do to jazz up our resume though? okay having a LinkedIn account with all your background updated that's just the basic step how do you jazz it up how do you make your profile stands up number one you need you need to ask a recommendation now in secular terms this is called testimonial okay. but on LinkedIn they call it recommendation uh-huh. now always ask a recommendation if you have a job well done you know with a client please ask them can you write a resume uh, sorry can you write a testimony for me uh-huh. and they will attach it to the job that they are referring to okay. so you build a history of good records now also in they secular are, terms yeah in secular <laughs> terms now the thing here is this, a lot of people, they just ask people to write testimonial and most of the time, 
people like to say different things. So mm. it is okay to write your own testimonial and ask people to endorse it. Now, why I say this so openly is because you want to create some form of consistency. So when you look at resume, one person say you are very creative, another person say you have great leadership, another person say you are team leader, you are team player. They are all good things, but they are all different things. I see. So there's no consistency in mm-hmm. their branding itself. So when you do recommendation, make sure that it's consistent. So everyone should say the same thing about you. Okay. So if you're hardworking, it's hardworking. But diligent is diligent. So recommendation is one. Now, if you have milestones, awards, you write books, you write e-books, all these are achievements that maybe you've conveniently forgotten how, actually how to update them. So be very mindful. Anything is important. All right. Update it and uh, you'll be okay. Now, for example, if you're into training and consultancy, definitely you have a lot of intellectual property on PowerPoint, on PDF. Mm-hmm. Put it on SlideShare. Link it to your LinkedIn. Okay. That's number one. Number two, if you're in marketing and you probably have uh, get involved with a lot of TV ads, a lot of big projects, make sure that YouTube has a video and you link it to your LinkedIn account again. Mm. All right. If you are a designer and you have a lot of packaging uh, portfolio to, to show up, make sure you upload it to Flickr and again link it to LinkedIn. Mm. So that becomes a centralized dashboard. So if I go to your LinkedIn account, ah, I know what are the presentations you have. I know what books you are reading. I know what portfolio you have. It's really a sourcing point to every social aspect of you. So we call it a social portfolio. Right. And it's really underutilized. When you start telling me all these things about adding presentations and putting things on Flickr and all that. So a lot of people underutilize it. Yes. And I forgot to add that in media, for a lot of media personality, podcast is one of the best way. So you can link on a podcast to your LinkedIn. I and think you've got about 4,000 which is really yes. impossible. Uh, Only the Andrew Chow wants me. Oh. <laughs> link your best 10 most memorable ones or your best <laughs> signature ones. Or maybe you can do your own compile. Maybe the one, best of. Uh, the best of, you know, all your humor and all your serious women, all your, all your best one-liner together in one podcast. That is really wonderful. Hmm. Make full use of the multimedia aspect and learn how to share it. So there are a lot of things you can do to just a social portfolio I can't say enough join events join groups update your status link it with LinkedIn link it with Facebook cross-reference it it's very important okay. that means to say you have to spend time uh, maybe 5 minutes 10 minutes every day just look through your LinkedIn account and even as I speak you can download it you know and it's free Mm. And once you download it, you'll be hooked up to it because you really can tell that LinkedIn is different from Facebook. Why is it different? Everything is professional. Right. Only has one picture. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you need to do to jazz out your resume. Y- you know, one of the things that you talk about endorsement as well, and this is a social etiquette part where, mm. okay, I have people endorsing me, mm-hmm. right, which I've not asked for, but they've endorsed me, which is great. Yeah, that's great. Do I reciprocate? If I don't know the person, don't reciprocate, yes. right? Don't write anything that you don't believe in because uh, you will not sound authentic as well. Mm-hmm. I think people. People who proactively write a testimonial for you, they actually don't expect anything in return. Okay. Because if they do, they will ask you first, I write one for you and you return, can you write one for me? <laughs> I scratch your back, you scratch yeah, my back. Yeah. Well, you will know each other very well, that's acceptable. But yeah. if someone just writes something for you, please accept it. And uh, my rule of thumb is that if you have 500 contacts, you should have at least 5% of the 500 giving you testimonial. So you have 500 connections, you should have, you should have 25 recommendations. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that is my benchmark. Maybe a bit high for a lot of people, but that's how I see it. Okay, 5%. Yes. Your Andrew Charles 5% rule. Uh, 5% rule. <laughs> now, yeah. how then do you uh, get seen and heard and recognized in social media? 
first of all, you need to build a good personal branding. People need to like you. And first and foremost, you need to learn how to listen more than you speak. That's number one. Because uh, different industry, they have different lingo. On social media, there's no difference. And second thing is to add value by giving quality answers to questions. And not only on LinkedIn, on other platforms like Quora. Quora is a platform where people ask and answer questions only. But why is it different from LinkedIn? Is because people who are reading your answers can give you a vote of confidence. So even if your answers are coming in late, but if more people vote for you, you will jump straight up to the top of the list. So if you're a conference organizer and you're looking for speakers and panelists, that is the best place to look for it. So when you want to look for thought leaders, that is the best. So be seen, be heard, be recognized. Last but not least, always create conversation by asking the right question mm-hmm. and get the influencer involved. It means in your industry, who are the thought leaders that you think might add value to your discussion? Get a list of 30 of them. So if you're in PR, search for all the recognized PR experts in this region. And when you ask a question, ask their opinion. So they will know that they are being asked. So they have no choice but to respond to your question. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is how you show your influence. And then you'll be seen, be heard, hopefully in different conferences and be recognized on social media. Okay. Is it also advisable to sign up for the premium account on LinkedIn? A premium account is really good because premium account allows you to send email to people you do not know or have not connected. It's very good because you've got a lot of insights, insiders, feature that an ordinary account do not have. So if you're really actively looking for business opportunities, you have a marketer, that is a real good investment for you. Mm-hmm. Because it's better to have a virtual handshake first yeah. before you actually meet the, meet the person. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the last two weeks I shared about, I, I have often experienced where I walk into a seminar, people come up to me and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm on your LinkedIn, I'm on your Facebook, but I can't remember them. Sometimes I'm so embarrassed, I just pretend I remember them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and just say thank you. Yeah, but it's fun. It's really fun to connect online. You may feel a bit uncomfortable at the beginning, but mm-hmm. you'll be okay. So, to extend your personal influence, going beyond your normal network, invest your time on social media. All right. And uh, next week, creative sourcing using social media for recruitment. This has been uh, me speaking to Andrew Cha from Idea Mart and Race Game, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, it's Racy Game. This is Frida Liu. I'm speaking to Andrew Chow from uh, Idea Mart, and uh, this is our Social Media 24 by 7 series. Uh, we're on to topic 5 already, which is creative sourcing using social media for recruitment. Um, now, what is uh, creative sourcing, uh, Andrew? Creative sourcing is really a Western word, um, it's not common in Asia. Uh, it sounds very sexy creative sourcing right (laughs) creative sourcing is really uh, a social recruitment strategy where you no longer limit yourself to advertising or referral you look for people within the social media space itself by checking with um, people that you know by looking at how people conduct themselves on social media by looking at what are the social portfolio of individuals sometimes companies even create a platform for these people 
uh, to network together so that they can actually observe them for a period of over two years. So right. that when they need talent, they know who are the best ones they already know. Okay, so they're actually uh, covert uh, yes. spies in Correct. a way. All right. So uh, I remember there is this, uh, there's this newspaper in Singapore. They love to reach out to fresh graduates. So they set up a portal just for fresh graduates to network. Okay. So they have this captive audience who, who, who consistently get connected with that company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the so the connection and the affiliation is already there. Mm-hmm. So it makes recruitments very much easier and faster. Okay. So creative sourcing is really being creative. There's no run one way or the, there's no right right or wrong way of recruitment. It's very interesting because you say that in two years you also see the progress of this the the individual the fresh graduates in you know uh, mm. after two years even if they don't get hired now but yes. it's interesting to know that you've got this captive audience. That's right. Okay. And then even if you don't hire them, you can refer them to other companies who yeah. are not your competitor right. so it's very really powerful okay but it takes a lot of change of mindset to actually do that okay so this is this is different from last week's topic because last week's topic was getting to be seen yes. and now it's the other way around yes. when you're looking for the yes. people you are looking for those who want to be seen be heard and be recognized <laughs> okay so last week i talked about the supply side this one we talk about the demand side okay. so uh, employers if you're out there and you really want the best talent uh, for creative sourcing and talent management, talent community, because today it's no longer about hiring, recruiting, it's about talent development. Mm. So that people stay with you much longer, you have less problem turning over. Uh, I think that is uh, on top of every SME's mind. So uh, bear in mind that creative sourcing is something that you can do. Now, how should companies position themselves for creative sourcing? That has to do with culture. And number one is you do not need to be recruiting to be looking. Now, social recruiting really allows you to constantly look out for potential even when you don't have an urgent need to hire right now. Okay. Yes, because traditionally, people only hire when they need someone. So, can you imagine there's always a time lag, right? The yeah. old staff, is, it's going away in June and you, and you don't recruit on time. The person coming in September, what happens between June to September? You get desperate. You get desperate and then, and then you stress the existing staff to cover that particular vacancy. So it, it will lead to more problem. If you're always looking, you know who to ask when you have a replacement uh, criteria coming mm. up. Yes. The second thing is that be social and professional at the same time. Uh, this is wonderful because a lot of companies are too professional. It's so boring. So I think uh, a lot of companies need to loosen up because if not, you can't reach out to the Gen Y. The Gen Y are looking for fun. The Gen Y are looking for, uh, for a lot of things other than pay, other than our mobility. They want to know whether your company is savvy on social media, whether your brand is acceptable socially. So all these things, you've got to position yourself. Be social, be be professional. Mm-hmm. What is the best way to be social? Appoint some assisting staff who are very, very savvy to represent the company, to speak, to humanize the brand. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, that is very important. Always share about the company, never sell the company. Sharing and selling is really a world of difference. I think we shared that before a few weeks ago, that you should share what your company believe in and not keep telling people that your company is the best in the business, mm-hmm. you have a track record, you know, if you don't join us, it's your loss and, and, and things like that. So maintaining dialogue is important. So can you imagine the culture that the company needs to adopt 
for creative sourcing is right. really really different. Right. Very few companies are doing it, but I think it's catching on mm-hmm. uh, because it makes uh, the labor market more interesting. True. Okay. Yes. Now, what are some of the trends in creative sourcing? I think number one is that if you want to do creative sourcing, you need to convert your web to mobile ready. Uh-huh. Because today, right, 38 to yes. 40% of the people who are accessing internet are already using mobile. So I'm sure all of us have an iPad, mobile phone and so on. In 2014, IPC states that it will be more than 50%. So imagine people are looking for a job all the time on their mobile phone. Mm-hmm. So if your web is not mobile enabled, you lose half of the audience. The second trend in creative sourcing is a lot of companies focus on original content that is content about the company. You should encourage a lot of other brand ambassadors to create user-generated content. What is your experience with the company? Do you want to interview ex-staff who left the company and still say wonderful things about the company? That is very authentic, really authentic because on social media, anyone can say anything. Mm -hmm. So if you get this story up and people can see for themselves, you are very transparent because even people who laugh say good things about it. So focus on user-generated content and not your original content, which I can see on newspaper, on your brochure, on your AGM report. Of course, in the past, people go for mass market. Today, it's really about niche market. Mm. Today, you can't find your right talent just by throwing out a question on LinkedIn mm-hmm. itself. So if you want to look for really a intellectual guy, you might want to go on Quora, you might want to go on a lot of different platform mm-hmm. to look for them and it's very very interesting if you want to look for designers maybe you should go for Pinterest and look at the portfolio of this designer uh, what do they like to pin so by looking at different boards of another person's account you you get a window of their soul and they are liking an interest so it's really interesting right you study the person you research on the person before you even hire in uh, and please, one more thing is that since this is a trend, I'd like to say a word to all, a lot of job seekers out there. Beware of what you post on your Facebook <laughs> because it must be congruent and, uh, and authentic. So if I am an employer and receive your resume and you say that you're very forward-looking, you're very proactive, you're very hardworking, and you love your job, and then when I see your Facebook, you're cursing your boss all the time. <laughs> You know, and it's Tuesday and you're looking forward to Friday. It just doesn't... It's not congruent. It's not congruent, so it's not authentic. Right. So and, and, and a lot of old status will come back to haunt us. So, <laughs> yeah, so this is a trend. <laughs> okay, yeah. what are the tools companies can use? Uh, Andrew Chow will address that uh, in just a moment. Race a game, BFM 89.9. This is Race a Game on Enterprise. Frida Liu here. Andrew Chow from Idea Mart in our social media 24-7 series. We're on to topic five, creative sourcing using social social media for recruitment and uh, we know we discussed some of the trends in uh, creative sourcing which is a very interesting word as we're looking for people to join or uh, getting a pool of people anyway that could uh, be of interest to us mm-hmm. and uh, what are some of the tools uh, companies can use um, there's no uh, rocket science about tools uh, they are they are they are ready they're available uh, like LinkedIn and I'm not sure whether uh, audience out there heard of our branch out which it's actually a subset of Facebook mm. not very popular people don't take it seriously mm-hmm. there are also Plexo Plexo is yeah. interesting Plexo works on writing on Outlook. So if your email is on Outlook, Plexo writes on top of that. So when you have a job change, Plexo automatically send out an email to 
every one of your contacts. So you never need to send out the email to say that this is your last day of work. We hope to reunite again somehow <laughs> in the future. So you show up the next day at work. You update your profile. Everybody knows how to contact you in your new workplace. So that's wonderful. And I think. Just by monitoring how people move from one place to another, I think Baxo LinkedIn that does a very good job. Tools that that are really nothing fantastic. It is really something that's already there mm. uh, that companies can leverage on. Last but not least is some companies form a brand network that people like to join. So, for example, some companies who likes to employ high flyers, they may want to create a portal called High Flyers. So anybody who think you are high flyer can sign up an account. So. It appeals to ego, right? It appeals to success. It appeals to achievement. So you naturally attract the like-minded people to come. Okay. Right. So that itself, it's a brand. That itself is a tool. So you create a tool to attract. It's very much like fishermen created their own kelong, and uh, make sure that the fish is of a is of the expected size before you sell it off. Okay. Exactly. The recruiters are doing the same thing. Okay, <laughs> you can call it the the Kiasu Group. Yeah, the Kiasu Group. <laughs> yes. Now, what would be the game plan for companies in executive uh, recruit uh, in executing creative sourcing? Um, I like to share three acronyms: S, C, and M. Um, this will this will outline your game plan. S stands for strategy. I think your strategy got to be focused on employer branding. If your branding, it's already not so good. Going on social media will not help you. Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure that your PR, your internal communication is really solid. So that is part of strategy, and part of strategy also is that you got to focus on a target audience. You cannot go mess. So first thing, strategy. All right, concentrate on your branding and on your target audience. Mm-hmm. Now the next C is channels. Use the right channel on social media. Unfortunately, there's no one size fit all. I know there's a lot of talk about reaching out to Gen Y. You may thinking where are they? Are they in some special platform that you can't find? Well, some of them do. If you're iPhone user and there are some people who really want to keep private, they will go on platform like Puff because Facebook is not really personal friends anymore. Yeah. Sometimes you accept people you don't know. I myself, I have fifty percent of the people on Facebook. I do not know them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they add me. <laughs> Maybe they like my picture. I'm not sure. But yeah, channels. You don't have to invest in a lot of different channels. Just need to make sure that you narrow down to those few that you think your target audience really are there to interact. And of course, produce a lot of advocator. Mm. Then you reduce advertising. So who are your best people to advocate the company? Your staff. Mm. If the staff always talk negatively about the company, it will not help you. So your staff will need to go for training on social media etiquette. Mm. That is important as well, and that is something that often neglected. It means also that the company needs to have a social media policy right. to govern the behavior of the staff, so that you get the right people to come and work for you. So, last but not least, message: mm-hmm. have a good message for the Gen Y. It doesn't mean that Gen X is not appreciated. It just means that <laughs> Gen Y is up and coming. Yes, yeah. Well, we are all Gen Y, but we are still growing. We're yeah. still learning, and we might be able to add value by sharing of experience. Now, maybe the younger people have passion, but we have more purpose. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah, they have passion. We have more purpose. So we need each other. Okay. So yeah, I like to encourage everyone out there. There's always something for everyone. So message is important, and encourage more conversation. We Asians, we naturally do not want to talk a lot, mm. uh, unless there's a quarrel. <laughs> All right. So accept the fact that 
eight out of ten of the comments out there may be negative, uh-huh. but hey, that's a very good record already. Okay. At least there's twenty percent good out there. Expand on that twenty percent. Don't concentrate on the eighty percent because human beings naturally want to find social media as a platform to vent their frustration. Hmm. So you got to have. In fact, I know of a bank in Singapore. They purposely created a portal to keep track of people who have left the company. Okay. It's amazing. That means one fine day they may decide to come back. Right. So people are doing all sorts of creative sourcing mm-hmm. to gain talent. Okay. So they purposely allow staff to leave the company, go somewhere, get trained, get exposed, come back right. and help us. Right. All that is really a different mindset together. Mm. So the message is important. It means when the staff leave, always tell them that the door is always open and be sincere about it. Yes, be sincere about it. Unless it's extreme situation where where this person leave on bad behavior on yeah, bad behavior. Expulsion or whatever terms that you have it. I think if someone leave on good terms, the door should always be open. True. Yes. All right. Your final message. Speaking of messages, uh, for companies implementing creative sourcing, I cannot emphasize this enough. Online branding is important. So if you have Twitter, if you have Facebook, if you have a corporate blog, all of them should be consistent in branding, visually, aesthetically, and also kinesthetically, because people need to have the same connection with you emotionally. Second thing is make sure your staff has good internal communication. Make sure your staff are well trained to represent your company, because they are the one who actually going to do recruitment. Because we're all very mindful about what people say, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine if I want to join this company, I will ask people who have already been in the company for a long time. Mm-hmm. So if everything is good. I would like to join yeah. the company. So that is my final message all to right. all the employees out there. And we'll hear more from uh, Andrew Chow next week. Uh, for Andrew Chow from Idea Mart, and that will be the final one for next week. Uh, this has been Raise Your Game, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, it's Raise Your Game. This is Frida Liu, Andrew Chow from IDMart Social Media 24 by 7 series. Mm. Uh, it's the final one today. A very interesting topic, social media B2B versus social media B2C. Okay, I think people know social media B2C fairly well. What is social media B2B? Social media B2B, B2B really stands for business to business. Now, a lot of people will be asking, if it's business to business, is purely professional, very niche, what has it got to do with social? I think the social media platform between B2B would be used as inner circle, Mm -hmm. would be used as close discussion group or even strategic alliance mastermind group. So the tone is still very, very cordial, Mm -hmm. but the approach is really different. So it's vastly different, but it is a topic that seldom discussed. Okay, so how do we analyze the difference uh, between B2B and B2C? In my book, Social Media 247, I listed at least 27 or 27, 28 different 
approaches. We analyze the difference based on criteria. But today, for the sake of time, I will only narrow down to four or five of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first of all, to look at conversational style for B two B, it's really about very cordial, very very professional, uh, very focused. Whereas the conversation tone in B two C is really very casual, very open ended, and there's a lot of emotions. Whereas for B two B, there's hardly any emotions. Everybody is just focused on what they are doing. And one thing to note is that the people on B to B social media they actually know each other pretty well, mm-hmm. whereas for B to C they may not know each other at all. So B to B is a really much more smaller market. Okay, and uh, what's the difference in the conversational tone? The tone would be, as I said, a very very cordial. The style would be always using Q and A, always using white paper, uh, long discussion, and maybe even survey. So it's all very dry. Approach. Uh-huh. Whereas the style for B to C will be polling, will be likes, will be a lot of different comments. Uh-huh. So it's more open ended. So really, B to B is more professional. Okay, and what about the marketing mix associated with B to B and B to C? That is very interesting because if you look at the B to B, usually they focus on the other marketing mix would be mice meetings. Uh, conferences, trade shows, journal. Again, very dry, very niche market. Whereas for B to C, it will be for direct mailing. It'll be aligned with SMS. Will be aligned with public relations or normal advertising. So it's really different. You don't do all this on B to B. Whereas B to B is really, really focused on a lot of intellectual knowledge, a lot of research. And it's not so much a reaching out to the general public. Okay, and what is the quality of uh, the network between the two? Ah, okay. The network in B two B is really restricted to vendors, to partners, principals, certain clients, distributor, and so on. So it's the normal business network that you'll find. Whereas the network for B two C is really based on friends, based on fans, based on brand ambassador, and based on your personal social network. So again, it's very very different. I think for B to B network, they don't really have a personal relationship. If you're talking about the quality of network, whereas the quality of network in B to C, they actually have a personal connection. Ah, okay, yeah. the platforms. What's the platforms for both? Okay, they are vastly different again. Um, I think B to B most of the time they use LinkedIn, Quora, SlideShare, YouTube. Whereas for B to C, they use Facebook. They will use uh, Pinterest. Instagram and perhaps YouTube again. So probably YouTube is the common denominator between both. For example, you don't find many CEOs on Facebook. Uh-huh. You may find them on LinkedIn. And actually, CEO they are not on social media. Right. Many of them are not because they are very skeptical. And when you're at a certain position, you really don't want people to connect with you in so many different ways. Mm. So uh, there are people who are still skeptical that if they are being seen as social, they will release more information that they want to. Mm. So a B two B is really a place that it's closed door. That means a B two B network really has an ID and password lock on. So you can say anything you want, and Google can't even index it. So it's really yeah, and then you can create your own platform. So you don't have to use any public domain platform. You can create your own. And that is why the inner circle when it's formed is so powerful. It's like a social country club that everybody wants to join. Of course, the entrance fees is very high, high in a, in a sense that you need a lot of commitment to add value to each other's business. I like that the social country club. A okay. social country and, club. And uh, of course, uh, always stories are greater. Uh, and uh, there's perhaps an example of a social media B two B case study, and we'll uh, get that out from uh, Andrew Cha from Idea Mart after this in Ray 
Racy Game BFM 89.9. This is Racy Game, Frida Liu here and Andrew Cha from Idea Mart in our social media 24x7 series. This is the final one today. The social media B2B versus social media B2C uh, is our topic. And, you know, of course, we're delving a little bit more into social media B2B because it's fairly new, but it's yes. very powerful as well. Yes. And uh, you were saying earlier on uh, that, you know, it's it's like a social country club, yes. you know, the social media B2B. Now, could can you give us an example of social of a social media B2B case study? Yeah, personally, I have set up a B2B social network for business owners. They are small business owners. Idealmark.com.sg, idealmark.com.sg. We allow the business owners to create a ID and a profile of themselves. They can list their mobile number, their web, their email, uh, what they're looking for, what they can offer. Some of this information are highlighted publicly, whereas some of them are hidden. Now, they can look for anything in the inner circle based on what they want and what they can offer. Now, here is the thing. How do you prevent people from sending spam mm. messages of each other is that if I find you and I want to connect with you, I must first add you as a connection. Then I can send you a private message. So if you do not want to be added, then you will not get any private messages. And in it, I also create system where they can form their own group. So some people may be interested in funding, some may be interested in branding, some may be interested in customer service. IdeaMark is a platform for brainstorming of new ideas. So it's like a combination of Facebook, Twitter, and blogging add together because they can actually uh, have a classified ads where they can sell and buy uh, used item. So it's really like a social club meant for business owners online where they don't want people to know who they are, but they want to know who are on the same portal. Right. So it's very interesting. And uh, I started about 11 months ago and now we have about 200 members. Mm-hmm. And you can't join it. You've got to be invited by someone who is already inside. So we limit the number, but we increase the quality. Right. And so you also want to make sure that the people in that team are not just takers, but givers as well. Yes, I think this is the etiquette that uh, for offline and online networking, it is a general rule. It's a must. When you sow the seeds of giving, you will definitely reap in return. So we always encourage people to help each other to solve an issue, to brainstorm. So imagine you have you are you're running a business and you have a resource center where you go there every day. You ask a question, and definitely some someone will ask you. You can create an informal survey of. 10, 20, 30, 50 people and people respond to you and then you got a results very fast. And you don't have to announce the whole world that you're doing a survey. You don't need to let your competitors know what you're doing mm. because it is an inner circle. Okay. Yeah. You know, with this uh, people in your team, do you sort of, uh, in a way, also say, I need someone like this, like this? So you actually sort of determine the kind yes. of people that yes. are in We the actually group. do business to business matchmaking. Mm. We don't limit the type of business that's joining us. But assuming you're a printer and when you join us, right, you can easily see who else in your industry are inside this circle already. So we do not restrict any number of people in the same industry, but we make it very clear that you know that you can find who are your competitors, so to say. Mm. But actually, in this real world today of social media, there's really no competitor. Collaboration is the new competition. Ah, collaboration is the new competition. Yes. Uh, what is the application for social media B2B? I think a lot of networks use it to uh, groom talents. They can offer combined scholarship just to encourage a lot of professionals to join this industry. For example, shipping industry, oil and gas industry, they may be very niche. So they need to work together 
to uh, retain talent and somehow they all know each other mm-hmm. so that is one and you provide inside knowledge very very up-to-date inside knowledge of the industry the trend the salary the uh, growth path the product development things like that so it is really an incentive especially if you have a inner circle group you can literally form your own group buy program so you know the normal so-called coupon system uh, it is it works in such a way that you have an offer and see how many buyers are there whereas this one works in reverse you have ready buyer and you see who can sell it at this price so it's very very interesting that you have a system like that you actually create new business model mm, okay yeah. so that's one of the things yes. so when you look at that um Anybody can set it up then? There are different applications that allows you to set up very quickly a social network. Now, this system or CMS, so to say, content management system, can be used to set up B2C, B2B network. It can set up in half an hour. The thing is that you need to answer a basic question. Who do you want to attract and what value you want them to take away? Because mm. anybody can set up an online dating site, True. for example. Anybody can set up a ideas exchange. You see, the ideas exchange portal sounds very interesting and sexy. Mm-hmm. But in reality, nobody wants to exchange any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, a, that is a paradox, right? right? Oh, yeah. I want to meet 200 people that can exchange ideas. But when you go there, nobody wants to exchange ideas. Everybody's asking you and trying to pick your brain. So after a while, everybody kind of feel very jaded, discouraged, yeah. and they don't come back again. So ultimately, social media, it's about the social part. If people do not share, nothing will happen. What's that again? Collaboration is a new, the new competition. competition. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Andrew Chow from Idea Mart in Racing Game. We'll get you back for next year for sure. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.